Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we will go over the beginning of NFL free agency, some franchise tag news coming up, especially in Chiefs land here in the past hour before we started recording this. NFL Combines this week, all the trade rumors, Justin Jefferson maybe, a lot of shit swirling. It's that time of year. We'll get into a little bit of Royal Spring training started, a little bit of baseball, some sort of that. Uh, hit on a little bit of March Madness probably as we get closer to that. Hit on some NBA, as that is really the only major sport going on right now, outside of, obviously, MLB uh, spring training. And then, our special for this week is, we have come up with our top 10 quarterbacks of all time post-Super Bowl 58, post-Mahomes getting his third ring, and we will go over that, all three of us, who, by the way, as we're starting this, we have no idea what each other's lists are. We have no idea who put who where, so it'll be an interesting... Uh, discussion. It'll be fun to do. I can promise you uh, we're not putting Otto Graham in there like Jameis 101 did. Um, but uh, we, we will hit on a lot of different guys. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's bizarre you started the show with that because literally right before we started this podcast, Jason Licht was on uh, NFL Live and I rushed to take a picture of him and say, proud primetime Kansas City alum. But then but then the, the the shot switched over, so I missed it. Mm. But very weird that this is the time you chose to start the show off with that. So just got to point that out. And if people even know what you're talking about, then that's insane. Well, yeah. if they know what I'm talking about, then they, they should DM us on Twitter and we'll give them $5. Yeah, unless you're Micah. <laughs> um, but yeah, unless you're Micah. Micah doesn't count. So or if you're 12. <laughs> no, fuck it. If you're 12, I'll still Venmo you $5 if you somehow have Venmo. Um, but <laughs> 12 year old, we still owe five bucks because. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we'll get, let's go ahead and get into the show. Um, let's start with a picture you did send this, John, in the last hour uh, that the Chiefs have are planning on franchise tagging LeJarius Sneed with the intention of either inking him to a long term deal or, if they're unable to do so, dealing him away via trade. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? This is kind of the first move, uh, not that it's official yet, but this is kind of the first rumblings of anything uh, for the Chiefs this offseason, obviously with Chris Jones and LeJarrius Sneed and uh, Willie Gay and other guys you know, being up uh, for free agency. It's kind of the first first thing that's happened and the first little bit of news we've gotten. What, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Oh, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm glad this happened before we recorded because this was talked about on... Uh, my radio show that I do up here at Northwest. If we were to tag Chris Jones, I think that would be a really, really stupid idea. We saw what happened last year because he held out until week two. If you tag LeJarius Sneed and you don't let him walk, that gives you this summer to ink him up to a contract and pair him with Trent McDuffie for at least three, three more years because McDuffie is a first-round pick and he can get the fifth-year option. Three, if you tell me three more years of LeJarrius Sneed and Trent McDuffie, I'm sorry to the AFC. I'm sorry to the NFL going up against those corners because those are two of the top eight corners, two of the top five corners in the league maybe. And if you can keep both of them, what we're having to realize is Chris Jones is going to walk eventually. It's just a matter of when. And we have a guy who just tore his ACL, which sucks, and Charles Men, who who we can maybe re-sign and give him a contract extension for less money than he would than Chris Jones would ask. And it wouldn't be the same production. But at the same time, you have to remember Brett Veach is our GM and he doesn't miss in the draft. So I think t- tagging LeJarius Sneed was the better option than tagging Chris Jones. Yeah. So first of all, on the subject of 
I, I might have zoned out and missed it, Josh. Chris Jones would have been a $34 million cap yeah. hit yeah. had he been tagged. Yeah. So obviously that wasn't going to happen. I'll jump in the deep end and say that this move is signaling that the Chiefs are prioritizing a deal with Jones. That's my initial read on it. Agreed. Um, just because, look, with the tag, it's not necessarily – it might even make me a little less confident we'll have Snead next year than I was going into today because, you know, you would have thought if there wasn't a tag, maybe we just ink him to a long-term deal immediately. Um, but with the tag now, you know, you're going to get some value there, whether we whether we sign a deal or trade him for, for picks. Um, so I like it a lot. The, my first reaction is that this is this is a good course of action. Um, you know, if we end up in the situation where we we work out a deal with Jones and Snead, that's fantastic. And if we get solid trade value for Snead as well, then I don't think that's really the worst avenue to go down. I think maybe depending on what we do the rest of free agency, if it ends up in a situation where we don't sign Jones and we don't sign Snead, then you know that's a little bit of a weird timeline to go down given where we started this offseason at but yeah i mean i think it's just i think it's just a good move and i think it's probably what luxurious need is fine with doing as well he doesn't seem to be too adverse to it so for the first uh big piece of business outside of signing uh a punter uh this is an interesting move for the chiefs to start this offseason off so i have a i have a couple points one josh um i disagree with the notion that they have up until the summer to get the deal done with Legarius, just because I feel like this deal has to get done prior. If if they know they're not uh-huh. going to sign him, they have to deal him prior to the draft. They they would have to for draft capital. I, I can't imagine That's true. them going into July and then just being like, you know what, we're going to trade him now. You know, now we'll trade him. Um, I doubt it'll happen like that. So I think they have up until early April, mid April to get a deal done with Legarius, or just gouge to see if they're going to get a deal done with Legarius. Uh, I agree with your point, John, about they're probably prioritizing a deal with Chris Jones rather than getting in this limbo again. Of, well, I mean, I feel like we're back at square one if they franchise tag him, where it's like he doesn't want to be Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There was he no doesn't reason want to be to. on a one-year deal. The Chiefs know that. He knows that. Um, and I guarantee you the Chiefs don't want to be in the same situation they were last offseason, uh, but this time just at a higher cap hit at $34 million, which I don't even think – he'd be asking for $34 million a year in his next contract. The last point though, I want to bring up about it is something that I should have probably brought up in the intro is it's more attainable and it's more, it's the possibility of retaining Jones and Snead has gone up significantly with how much the NFL salary cap went up this off season. Normally. I want to ask you guys one thing. Yeah. My friend said this and I thought this was really fucking stupid. But he said the NFL wants to do this so the Swifties can see the same old Chiefs. And I just want to say that might be the no. dumbest thing, right? Why are we talking about that? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. We don't yeah. even need to address that. That's ridiculous. Okay. And I was just making amount. sure I wasn't missing something. No. My understanding, like, that- too, is the amount that the cap was going to increase over this five year period since whenever the last collective bargaining was is already set. So this just happens to be a more you know, heavy increase relative to other years. I, I don't think there's, there could have been any colluding going on. So we can put another shitty Twitter narrative to bed right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And normally the cap goes up like on a good year, like $10 million between seasons. Like normally that's like pretty good for the cap to go up 10 million. 
for it to go up $30 million in one offseason is ginormous. Like, that is a huge, huge deal. If you do, if you cut MVS, which seems inevitable, even though he had a good postseason, it's the smart thing to do. You save $12 million. Well, he's, yeah. You save $12 mm-hmm. million dollars by cutting the guy. And then if you restructure Pat, you're looking at 60 to $70 million <laughs> in cap space. Like that is insane versus where you would have been at thirty to forty million dollars in cap space. So if how do you, uh, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, how do you, how are you going to restructure your contract after you just restructured it to give you more money? It's just yeah, no, you just push the money down the line. That's all you do is you convert or you convert some of your like cap hit into a signing bonus or a a bonus or something or whatever it is. Like that, these people in the NFL are so intelligent at moving the money around that they're, they'll figure it out. Like, the Saints have to do it every fucking offseason. The Saints are negative, like, 50 in cap space right now, and they always find a yeah. way to do it. So there's always ways you can work with the cap. You can manipulate the cap. You can convert it into, you know, bonuses or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a situation now where that, that much cap space being added is – ginormous uh not only for this season but for next offseason when uh creed creed humphrey trey smith nick bolton uh and some of those other guys are going to become unrestricted free agents as well so uh, it's a i think it's a big deal i think it's really really beneficial for the chiefs not that it's not beneficial for anyone obviously more money to spend probably helps every team in you know some way or form but i do think as it pertains to retaining jones and sneed if it w- if the cap only went up by about five million, which is kind of normal, five to ten million, I don't think it's as doable as it is right now. No, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. It it it's reasonable that people think it's rigged because it has played to our favor, but it know, also has played to other teams' favor, aka the Bengals and mm-hmm. T uh, Higgins. Yeah, yeah, and it, this is a universal thing, like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I keep tying it back to that narrative, but no, it 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 could not have come at a better time for the Chiefs, and that's also the case for a few other teams. It's also like it comes at a great time for everybody who just gave their quarterback bank, because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. now you have it's honestly worse if you're a team that hasn't paid your quarterback yet for the versus yeah. a team like the Bengals or the Chargers or the Chiefs, obviously, and the the teams that have like. Imagine what the Stroud contract's going to look like in, in a couple years now. It's like, you, it, obviously nothing you could do about it, and we expect the cap will continue to rise with how popular the NFL is. It's not like the NFL is going to be going down in cap anytime soon. So, I mean, it's like I particularly in my case, I'm interested to see with Jordan Love now. I think everybody would expect Green Bay gets a deal done with Jordan Love this offseason. I couldn't imagine the Packers going another direction after the way that they ended the season with Jordan. Uh, but now, I mean, you have more cap, especially with green Bay, man, like, God, they're not paying anybody anything. They're paying all those receivers are on rookie contracts. So it, it'll be interesting. Like the way you can manipulate the cap now. And yeah, it's just, it has become like the NFL was popular as hell when we began watching it back, you know, when we were younger in the late two thousands, it has like quadrupled in popularity in just the last decade. Like, it is insane. It was like, I, it doesn't feel that long ago the Caps was $150 million. It really doesn't. Like, it doesn't feel like we were watching the NFL too long ago and you had to work with $150 million. Nope. Nope. It really doesn't. 
it's it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the free agency period. I'm excited to see how it happens. I did see someone compare this to uh, the the I hate to say his name, but uh, D Ford when we franchise tagged him after 2019 and traded him. Um, I disagree with the comparison, even though obviously I can see why uh, it's made. I don't think the Chiefs are going into... Th- I think when the Chiefs tagged D. Ford, they knew all along they wanted to trade him. I think with this, it could go 50-50. I think they could get a... There's a world where they get a deal done with Legarius, but I could also easily see a world where they flip Legarius for some picks. Like, it wouldn't surprise me either way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But either way, it's good to feel like, you know, you know you're going to get value. Because, yeah. look, we talked about this a little bit last year when the Jones situation was up in the air and we thought maybe we wouldn't even have him for last season. Like you don't want to, it's better one year too early than, or two years too early than one year too late. And I know in this case, it's kind of one year too early versus one year too late. Um, But yeah, I, I don't mind the situation. And I, I think the way this ultimately ends up going is the Chiefs signed both of them. I think there's too much leverage in favor of the Chiefs. kind of hard to look at this situation and say you want to leave for any of these players. Um, I was about to say Chris Jones can do all, can can say he wants to stay and he really does want to stay and his agents can do all the talk and saying you're we need you to get money. But Chris Jones has made enough money where he might be able to take a five million dollar pay cut per year to then sign with the Chiefs and have a really good chance of winning the third Super Bowl in a row. Or, or yeah, but, but put but, in incentives inside your contract like you just did this past exactly. Year. And I think it goes a long way. I know that this isn't going to get talked about nationally. I know this isn't really something that means a lot to most people. But I think it goes a long way that the Chiefs played Chris Jones in Week 18 and let him stay in that game until he got that incentive. Because I there's definitely, there's definitely franchises that would have been like, fuck off, you missed Week 1, that's why you're not getting to 10 sacks. You're sitting. Like, you're not playing this. We're resting our starters, you're resting too. And I think it goes a long way. Like, I do think them allowing him to get that, they let him into, like, the third quarter to do that. Um, you know, I feel like the relationship is better than it was last September between the two sides. Yeah, and, I mean, look, obviously that negotiation was a, was a like, a frictious process. Is that a word? Whatever, whatever word for friction here is. Um, sure, yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't think any of us have a doubt that Chris Jones wants to be a chief. I, I don't even think Chris Jones wants to spite the Chiefs. You know, some people, when it comes to negotiations, want to spite their team. We saw that with Tyron Matthew, who signed two hours after the deadline for us to get a comp pick for him. Oh uh, and I I don't think we're looking at a situation like that. So, yeah. And look, this is such this is a lot to walk away from. This is a lot to walk away from for, you know, a slightly better contract. So I am I am cautiously optimistic about the direction we go. But I do want to say that while it is a nice ideal uh, sunshine and unicorns world where Chris Jones takes a big pay cut, I mean, I, I, I do still think it's unlikely for that to happen. Yeah. I don't think that that's really in his brain, and I don't think anyone should expect that from him given that he's kind of already told us where he's at in this situation. For sure. Let's say – let's go away from Jones and uh, Snead. I give you these three free agents, and you can only re-sign one. Let's consider. Let's say they re-signed Jones and Snead. You have these three left. You can only bring back one: Mike Edwards, Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay. Which one do you bring back? Mm. I'm probably saying bye to Mike Edwards. 
You know, I'm going to say Drew Tranquil. I, I don't. Um, I'm probably going to go. It's hard because all of these players miss stretches of the season, and I hardly ever like said the words. Wow, I really wish we had Willie Gay. Wow, I really wish we had Drew Tranquil. Wow, I really wish we had Mike Edwards. I mean, all of these guys had had uh, debutants step up in their absence. We saw Deion Bush get the biggest pick of the game against the Ravens when, like, a, a drive after Mike Edwards went out. Um, I'm probably going to say keep Gay. I think he offers a little something that we don't currently have, which is just that incredibly athletic linebacker profile but I mean I don't really want to put that out there as a slight to other players because I mean I was incredibly happy with the production we got from Tranquil and Edwards so wherever the organization goes I'll, I'll say what I always will say with this which what whichever one gives you the right price that's who I'll keep I don't I don't think I'm you know married to any of those players yeah no I get it that is uh that's a good argument. I, I personally probably would go gay as well uh, with Tranquil probably being two and Edwards being three. But, I mean, all three were pretty uh, – all three, even though they did miss time, like you mentioned, were pretty big for the Chiefs' defense last year and why it was so good. I just think safety, you have Justin Reed and you have Brian Cook who will come back after that injury versus linebacker. You do have Bolton and you do have Leo Chennault, but I feel like – Gay does what Bolton can't, and that's kind of stay in coverage. He can fly yep. sideline to mm-hmm. sideline so much faster. He's just such a quick athlete. Um, the, another guy I didn't bring up, but I just don't think there's a chance in hell they could resign is Michael Dana all coming off the edge. If you look at his spot racket, uh, his projected market value right now, they're projecting him to get a three-year $50.3 million contract, $16.7 million <laughs> annually. I just could not imagine. The what? That. Yeah, and the thing with him too is we've invested pretty heavily in that position. We've got guys. I mean, you got Felix there. You still have Karloftis hanging around. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's out the door. But also, I I kind of think the same for Willie Gay, and I I kind of feel like his behavior the last three weeks has indicated it. He's made a lot. I mean, of, he like, literally said after we. Beat the Dolphins. That's my last time I ever played in Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that. So, shit. I mean, who knows? Uh, Willie Gay's no, projected no. market value currently is four years, twenty-eight million dollars, seven million dollars. That's it. According to Spot Rec, if you're getting four years, that's a pretty good deal, all considered. That's what it's, I mean. I was gonna say, yeah. They're comparing him linebackers up. are a pretty disposable position at the end of the day. No, I, I mean, Bolton and Chanel and Chanel really stepped up in, late in the season last year. Uh, nah, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if that's if they decided to let and, both walk. And while we're on the conversation, since I think we talked about him the least, but I still would love to have Drew Tranquil back. I, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he he was incredible for us. And I think also, look, I mean, it, whether it matters or not, I think a lot of people appreciate the character that he's been and just the story of him coming, which is the with the the text screenshot of Andy Reid telling him to think about trophies. Um, so yeah, I I would be very happy to see any of those guys return. To be fair, but yeah, lot, lots of good performances there. They're gonna they're gonna get money one way or another, whether it be from the Chiefs or somebody else. Just to end it off with this, it has Legarius Needs market value at four years, sixty five million dollars, making sixteen point three million dollars a year annually. 
which I, I wouldn't be that I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. I, I could live with that. Feels like that's kind of on the low end. Probably given the season. Say, that doesn't happen. seem like yeah. I was about to say, I feel like you should be they, making And then more. they have the last uh, this will be the actual last one I say. They have Chris Jones, three years, eighty five point four million dollars, making twenty eight point four million dollars a year as his projection. Yeah, that seems that seems pretty close to what Wait, I what'd you say for Chris? Three years, eighty five million, twenty eight point four million dollars a year. And they have they compare you to when you signed it, players with similar production and the, the age you were. They have him project they have his projections along with Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, and Joey Bosa. Yeah, Jeremy Fowler's come out and said also in the last fifty minutes that if we can't uh sign Snee to a long term contract, a trade will be happening. Yeah, that's yeah, the whole yeah. point of the tag. Yeah, yeah, I mean you don't tag a guy if you know. It's obvious. That that's so that yeah. side of it is obvious, honestly. I don't know what you would get draft compensation wise, but I wouldn't be surprised. If a team you're if you're a team and you're gonna make the deal for Legarius Sneed, you're going to re sign him. You're going to give him a deal. So I, I could see getting it, you know, worth a second round pick. Dude, yep. that would just suck to lose Sneed. It's the way of the business, yeah, man. It it would, but Obviously, the right price, the right price, the right price. And we I just can't lose Snead how... and Chris Jones. That's all I'm saying. You've got to yeah, go. that would hurt. You've got to go about it like New England went about it, though. You've got to be yep. on. You've got to be a year early on these guys. You got to let them go a year too early rather than a year too late. And it, it's what New England out, outside of Tom Brady, the Patriots were really good at that. They just uh, yeah, and yeah. as yeah. As sad as it would seem to lose both of them, like there's still an avenue where that works out for us. We would get draft compensation for Snead, and we'd have a shit ton of cap. I mean, yeah. pick pick your favorite wide receiver. That that could probably happen. I mean, we could go and, another direction here. And on so top there's a of lot that, of flexibility. Like I brought up earlier in this conversation, and on top of that, you're going to say the same thing next. You're going to say the same things next year when it's Creed Humphrey, Willie Gay, uh, or not Willie Gay, excuse me. Trey Smith. Nick Bolton. Uh, th- those guys up for contract. You're going to be like, well, I don't want to lose them. And, and you got to lose guys. And so you pick now, you know, do we lose Willie Gay? Do we lose Drew Tranquil now? Do we lose some guys now in order to next year be able to hold on to Creed and Trey and Nick Bolton? Yeah. And while we're here, at, at the end of the day, the 2020 Chiefs draft outside of the first round was pretty damn good, all told. We're talking about three, four guys that are going to get significant contracts coming out of here. So, furthermore, well done to Brett Veach. Got to give it to him. Yep. Well, we'll leave it at that. Obviously, uh, Combine, a lot of news comes out. And uh, free agency starts March 13th. So, we have a couple weeks until that. But for now, uh, the franchise tag is kind of the big deal. T. Oh, Higgins got shit. tagged by Cincinnati. What's up, Josh? Uh, I'm assuming we'll probably. Nah, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. T. Higgins gets <laughs> franchise tagged. Uh, the Ravens have announced they're not gonna, or not the Ravens. The uh, Titans have announced they're not going to tag Derrick Henry, and the Ravens are a spot that he's been linked to. Cowboys are talking about tagging Tony Pollard. We'll we'll obviously have that on our social media. Talk about that probably roast the Cowboys if they do franchise tag Tony Pollard. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for the at least that section of our NFL talk. Let's move along to uh, a little bit of MLB spring training. We won't have a ton 
of content on this. Still the first week of it. Uh, some guys just really getting started. Uh, Prado had a three-run dong the other day. Cole Reagans had a five-strikeout, two-inning performance the other day. But my question to you guys is, who do you guys, who are you guys watching the hardest in the spring training? Because it's not, it's not Bobby Wood Jr. It's not Perez. Like, it, who are you watching the hardest this spring? Uh, in my, so go ahead, Josh. I'll let you go ahead. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, like, I'm watching our pitching in general. I'm seeing if Brady Singer is coming improved. I'm watching Lugo, Waka. I'm watching those guys, seeing what uh, value they have. Reagan's, he's looking insane. Like, and if our pitching can be good, the bullpen is the only thing that scares me. And if we are good for the first few months, we'll probably make a trade for bullpen pieces. But I mean. We'll see what happens. But honestly, like when you look at our lineup, we are stacked at the top. We are stacked. But when you get to the bottom, it gets a little dicey. I mean, if you got Kyle Isabel starting in center field, that's that's scary. But, I mean, I don't know. This team's giving me hope, and that's always the worst thing to say. Um, I am actually going to go with one Jackson said no, and mine is Bobby Witt Jr. Wow. Um. Not because I think there's, like, a huge cause for concern, but, I mean, he's had back-to-back years where he's been, like, a July through September player. I would love to see him come out the gates firing. Um, I think one thing that made the terrible start to last season so hard was that he wasn't playing particularly well. Um, so you just kind of didn't have well, that. Well, you also going. have to think, too, going into spring break last – or spring training last year, he was only there for the first two weeks – yeah. And then had to go off to WBC, and he got Where no he didn't points. play at all, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, that that trend should reverse. I mean, he's just a star player. He's he's class, and we saw it down the line of last season. So just want to make sure we can keep similar levels to that. He doesn't have to be, you know, insane or anything like that, but just, just you know, at a respectable level, I think that's a good baseline for us to set, kind of set the tone, because at the end of the day, I'm not – actually is worried that the pitching is going to be a problem. Like, I'm not saying we're going to have a staff that's going to, you know, win us a bunch of games and make us carry us to the postseason, but it's just kind of been so bad that you just kind of know it's going to improve. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess just looking down the line, Josh, you did make the point. I There are definitely some spots where it would be very nice to see um, an, unli- an unlikely character up here um but we'll we'll have to see how this all goes i i am looking forward to the season man and i hate to say it but i'm i like for a little bit there had a little split second where i was just thinking like man it's gonna be nice to go to a baseball it's gonna be game fun. here and that's just a terrible thing to say <laughs> you guys buy royals at plus 1000 one the central i did i have a- i don't i don't hate it the I thing five, i like five, is i only put five on it but i do have a five dollar so you're not that confident well, shit, Josh. I mean, this team hasn't won more than 80 games since I was, like, 14 or 15 years old, dude. Like, I'm not that confident. You're right. Like, how could I be that confident about a franchise that has more 100 lost seasons in my life than playoff appearances? Like, I'm not going to put stupid amount of cash on them to do it. But at, at plus 1,000, man, it's good value. Like, I, I don't hate it. So, I've, I've, it pays out 50 bucks for $5. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of teams with those odds to win their division. For uh, yeah, for Quattrero, right. uh, 
if he doesn't succeed this year, do you start looking at different options or do you need to give him a whole year with this new revamped roster? He'd have to really shit the bed. Like what I like think would be to, let's say he let's say he gets seventy five wins. He has I would to, say he, no, he has to Dennis, oh. he has to Dennis Gates it to have a conversation. Yeah. Like Yeah. He would have to like lose like he'd have to be like winless in the division. Like it'd have to be that bad. Um I think if they get over seventy wins, there's no way you would ever fire him. Unless it was like something like personally related. Like if he was just not getting along yeah. with players. But yeah, man, like I, I couldn't imagine them doing it. Um, I don't put much of last year on him at all. He inherited nothing. Uh, if they're not if they're not in the playoffs this year, no one's going to call him out for it. But I do like, I don't even know what the odds are, but I was going to say, regarding Matt Quattrero, if you're going to bet Royals to win the Central, betting Matt Quattrero to win AL Coach of the Year, uh, is prob- or Manager of the Year, I should say, is probably a, a smart bet if you really believe they can be yeah. the AL Central. Honestly, you might as well parlay that together. You might as, I don't, if they let you, because like if you think they're going to win the AL Central, I don't think they'll let you. They won't, but bet yeah. it separately. If you think the Royals can genuinely win the AL Central and you're going to bet on it, then yeah, bet on Quatrero to win AL Manager of the Year because what a turnaround that would be, and it's normally a narrative. Uh, he's only plus three fifty. He's only plus three fifty. Damn. Okay, so not not AJ Hinge is only one above him. He literally has the second best odds in the AL. Okay, so maybe yeah, I, I figured it would have been better. So off. just get the Royals with the Central. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't realize they were gonna. If, I guess they just take shit teams and they're like, well, if they're if they're good this year, then their manager will get credited. They literally said the, the Royals with a little boost could position Quatrero as a strong contender contender if they go past the five hundred mark. <laughs> so they're not even saying we have to win the fucking division. They're like, this guy can somehow do get eighty yeah, wins with this team. That's even, fucking yeah, we incredible. We don't even gotta make the playoffs. <laughs> Um, personally, if I'm taking Royals bets, I'm hitting our win over. I like 73 and a half. I, like I do too. Over. I like it. I, uh, Bobby Wood Jr. at plus 2000 is the third most bet on player in the AL. For MVP? For MVP. And yeah. I'll say this. If the Royals, dude, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout have been doing this shit with dog shit teams. If Bobby Wood Jr. does what he did from July to September, like you said, John, all season, there's a case where he could be MVP because, I mean, you could literally be on track for a 40-40 season. Yeah. No, I mean, really, he should have a 40-40 season. Here's one that, here is one that I really like. I haven't bet it, but I really like. And it's either, either plus 2,800 or plus 3,000 regarding where you look. Cole Reagan's to lead the American League in strikeouts. I don't hate Ooh. I think it's actually kind of a, a good one. Like, I could really see a world where he does that. Obviously, the health with him is a big problem. That's kind of yeah. Where that's got, what I was, he's got to stay healthy. I was gonna say if he if you're betting on a guy staying healthy, unless he's like Adalberto Mondesi, where you, it's like never healthy, betting on a guy being healthy, you never know. Like it's just unpredictable as hell. So don't let that. Hold I mean, you Reagan's for making a bet. I don't have Reagan's. Reagan's and his and all of his starts had over five strikeouts, other than one. That was his first start where he had three. And a lot of them, he had seven or more. It's seven, 11, 11, nine, nine, eight. So it's very interesting. But something you do have to think about is this guy did come out of the bullpen last year for the Rangers. So last year, it was kind of like, let's ease him, ease him into starting. The longest he went was seven innings pitch. And that was uh, where he only allowed three hits, no earned runs, nine strikeouts, and one uh, walk. Threw 108 pitches. That's the most he threw all year. It's going to be very interesting to see 
how much like freedom we give him now that we've given him a whole year offseason as a uh, starter mentality, not coming out of the bullpen for only one or two innings. If you want no, to bet okay. him to win, if you want bet, if you want to bet Cole Reagans to be the MLB, not just American League, plus seventy five hundred. I mean, That's pretty good. This is on the sports book review, and they literally have him as the best long shot to bet on. Which is kind of funny to see a royal bet in that in that situation. But yeah, man, it, Cole Reagans is plus twenty eight hundred for the Cy Young Award. God, that's insane. That's what. That's is. fucking well, insane. Okay, while we're on Reagans, I want to ask: Do you guys think that the trade for him was a Rangers disaster class or no. a Royals master class? Because I mean, what I'm saying yes. is here. The, I'm saying the, yes to both. Did the Royals leverage no, no. the Rangers' desperation here, no. or did they just get lucky? That's more what I'm asking. No, 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 <laughs> no. Look, 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 look. I am a full-on defender of if the trade helped you win a championship, it's defendable. And yeah, exactly. no, no, no. It, and I'm not saying okay, sorry. And I'm not saying it from a perspective of like, do the Rangers regret this? I'm just saying like. Did they? Did they kind of go? Ooh, we really like this Reagan's guy. Or do you think they? Well, they were never going to start him. They were never going to use him as a starter. So uh, it was a win-win for both teams. Even though Chapman yep. fucking sucked for the Rangers in the yeah, season. Yeah, but there was a stretch there in July and August where their bullpen like fell apart. They all got hurt. They were all on the injury. Yeah. and he was the only, the only arm in that bullpen that was actually. Yeah, like, no, they injury. needed him. He kept that. And think about it. They made the playoffs by one game. If he's not on that team with how bad their bullpen is, there's a shot the team that just won the World Series doesn't even make the playoffs. So you're you're talking about, like, I, I don't think it's a disaster for anyone. Chapman wasn't, you know, what he was in the first few months in Kansas City. I don't think Texas expected him to keep up. His war last year was 1.4, so without Chapman, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. For a reliever, According to stats. Point, for a reliever 1.4 is pretty good for war in a single season. Um and he wasn't terrible in the playoffs. He wasn't, like, lights out. But he wasn't horrible in the playoffs for them. I don't know. Like, yes, going back in time, I think you could definitely say the Royals got more value in the long run with yeah. the Reagans. But that's kind of what those trades are meant for. You get a guy that has the potential of being good for long, a long time for you, and they get a rental that helps them win a championship. We did it. Does it? Do we Do we regret giving up Sean Mania for Ben Zobrist? No. Like I know. Once again, I hate this, saying this it, was but... not the question for the record. Well, you like, said it's a disaster class. I mean, well, that's... but more so. Okay, what I'm asking is: is do you think the Rangers gritted their teeth when they gave up Cole Reagans, or do you think they were just like, "All right, this is about the value we'll give up"? Because a guy that immediately produces as a starting pitcher really never gets given up for a reliever. That's the true. Royals have traded countless quality relievers in this stretch of us being nobody. shit and i'm pretty sure cole reagan's is the first player to do anything of remote I agree. for the royals to actually come out of one of those trades let me ask you this like, I will it, say this. let me ask it's unprecedented i know cole reagan's was nowhere now listen cole reagan's was like a not good for the rangers though we all acknowledge no. that right but he wasn't jackson coar bet but the, what i'm gonna ask you is no if jackson coar goes out there this year and has like a 3.5 era are you going to go back and be like, man, the Royals had to, you know, grit their teeth to trade him? No. Not really. No. 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 I mean, yeah. Because, like, sometimes people don't fit in different yeah, exactly. organizations. Exactly. Yeah, and I would say this, this. The way you kind of described it was, I hate bringing it up in the NBA terms, was Louis DeMontis bonus for Tyrese Halliburton, where both teams needed different pieces, and it made both teams better. Like, it's, it was a fair trade like Jackson brought up. Yep. 
Rangers needed bullpen, needed a bullpen, and the the Royals would love to somehow get a long shot starter who's actually really good. And it worked out for both teams. Rangers got a ring. We got a top ten pitch in the AL. Yep. No, absolutely. I was. I will never dispute whether or not either team regrets it. That is for sure. They. I don't think the Rangers are are moaning over that at all. I will uh, say this too. I'm already excited for next year for Kyle Wright. Hoping he can somehow be like the what 2018 2019 Kyle Wright. Just saying. Yeah, that one screams Chris Medlin to me. But I, yeah, let, 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 bring, up, let me bring up another point though about the the Reagan's trade is initially in. Reagan's was definitely more major league ready, but I think the piece that kind of got that done was Ronnie Cabrera, that 17 year old outfielder <laughs> that they got in the trade. Like he was like this up and like he's still a pretty like good up and coming outfielder. That's obviously very young and has a good amount of time to refine himself in the, the minors, but that's kind of why I think they did the deal in general. They took a guy with, if you asked them when they made that trade, I would not be shocked if they would have thought of Ronnie Cabrera as the guy with the higher upside. Obviously, Reagan's goes on to kill it the second half of the season, but like, I don't think that gets talked about enough within the trade. Is like, it kind of goes like that when we did the the James Shields and Wade Davis trade. We're like, Wade Davis was just a throw in piece, and then he became yep. the whole damn thing of the trade. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Cole Reagan's was like kind of not a throw in, but somebody that they just you know had to put it in there to make it more fair, give him a more major league ready player along with the young prospect, and then all of a sudden they're like, whoa. This guy is way better than projection. Yep. And and then similar in the trade that you mentioned, um, I think neither team regrets the Shields trade either. Maybe the Rays regret not discovering that Wade Davis is the best closing pitcher in MLB history at his best. But um yeah, I I I think I think that's a similar thing going on there. Uh a little, uh, bit, little bit of news in Royals before we wrap it up. Uh Minor league, according to Aaron Rodgers, minor league uh, left-hand pitcher Christian Chambers. Aaron Rodgers. And 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 shit, I heard Aaron. And, My bad. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Royal yeah, Pink. I know who that I is. Think My bad. Aaron. Uh, Christian Chamberlain has a torn UCL. The lefty uh, got pulled out of an outing on February 24th. So that is ass. Um, he was. That's not over, ideal. He was brought over in the Benintendi trade with the Yankees and was supposed to get some major league action this year. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, but that's you asked me the biggest question about like who are you watching this spring training? I don't give a shit as long as they get to the regular season healthy. I just as long as their arms last year is like the week before opening day, and Daniel Lynch had to get pulled, and we didn't see him till June. So that that to yeah. me, obviously is every fan's most important thing. But I also think, and I won't even go into depth this. I'll just mention it. Just the battle for the fifth spot in the rotation. I just hope somehow Lyles does not win it. I hope we can give it to somebody else, but we'll have to see. Um, all right. Who is our, what is our projected rotation? Reagan, not in any order, but Reagan's, uh, Lugo, Waka, Singer. Singer. And then it's up see, to the fifth. So is we're going to bring Lyles, um, Bubich later in the season. I think they said Bubich will be letter, be ready by like June or July coming back from Tommy John. Um, but yeah, the fifth spot's kind of open right now. It looks like Jordan Lyles is going to be the five and they're going to put Daniel Lynch in the bullpen, but we'll see. I, I, you know, I would put Daniel Lynch at starter or just use that as an opener kind of spot because 
we all know we're fucking what, like 0 and 18 when Jordan Lyles starts? <laughs> yeah, not good. Also, Alec Marsh is in that conversation as well for fifth starter. Not that he's going to get it. If Brady Senior can bounce back this year and everyone else pitches how they did last year, I'm not even joking. The Royals have a top 10 rotation in baseball. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to get too excited. But... Everyone would be getting all, excited. Four or five, four or five pitchers would be would have a below three point five ERA. I don't want to get too excited. That's fucking insane. I don't want to get too excited. But I'm think, getting excited. I'm getting have, excited. I think they have something nice, especially the bullpen. Nick Anderson, John Schreiber, who they just traded for. We're so screwed. We are so McCarthur, fucked. We're McMillan. We're getting our hopes up. I mean, I, I look. I, my expectations aren't that high. I'm not saying oh they're gonna go on a playoff run. I just think it's possible we could, you know, not be completely out of it by the All-Star break. I think there's We're in this we're saying this shit every year. No, we don't. <laughs> last year we were all last year we all came into the year being like we are going to suck terribly. Yeah, 2 years ago we thought we had we had some talent. Yeah, no, last year we all kind of acknowledged it was going to be terrible. This year, again, I am just asking for them to not be a complete joke. The bar is so low with the Royals that as long as they're not a complete and utter joke, like I will be a little content. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, it's time to talk about it. The top 10 quarterbacks of all time post-Super Bowl 58. I am excited. I, I did the same list as John, by the way. You did the same list? Well, no, like quarterbacks I've watched. Oh, okay, yes, yes. So let's clarify that because we that was off podcast when John said that. So I have quarterbacks from all generations, just obviously even though I haven't watched them all live. Um I have quarterbacks from all. Josh and John have quarterbacks just from when they've watched football. So from what two thousand like five? I, I, I mean, I can I can claim two thousand seven, but honestly, like if they don't have a registered season, after, none of these guys didn't have a season after twenty ten. Okay, so okay. At the, yeah, the earliest retiree I believe is like twenty thirteen on my list. Okay. So same. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Number ten. Who wants to start with their number ten? I was sorry. I probably have the worst list. Okay. Good you prefaced that. Uh, well, I, I didn't do my list really well. Uh, number 10, it's the only guy to ever beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Uh, no, excuse me. It's the only active guy to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, Joe Burrow. What? God damn it. Fuck. Um, I also have Joe Burrow at number 10. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I want to make some, some points about how I did my list for one. Um, my list is entirely based on, um, if you tell me that I can get like the, let's say after the period where quarterbacks are kind of shit. So the, the like player, not necessarily prime, but like not out of out of the the crappy like does this guy know what he's doing period if i'm starting my franchise and i can choose these quarterbacks this is the hierarchy of who i would choose to be my quarterback um and number 10 is joe burrow so yeah could you imagine if john and i have the same also, list jackson i would think it'd be pretty interesting when i did this i looked at um like just a list of the best quarterbacks uh to play in the 2000s or 2010s um and it was honestly like Kind of made me realize how few, like, actually good quarterbacks there have been. Because Alex Smith was, like, number 18. And <laughs> yeah, I was not, I, I didn't, I didn't like, list. think that was crazy or anything. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. 
Okay. Well, my Jackson, who do you have at ten? My number ten takes a completely different approach to this. My number ten like is Fran Tarkington of the Minnesota. Yeah, who the fuck is that? Um, he was a fucking. He was part dog of the team that they shit the their day. bed. He was a fucking dog back in this day. And a lot, some of this, I'll just go ahead and put out there. I consider era, and what he did in this era was so ahead of its time. 342 touchdown passes in his career, and this was back when football was in the 60s and 70s, where that shit was not getting aired out the way it was. Dude was efficient as hell. One of the better quarterbacks of all time. Great scrambler. Nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, won an MVP. He was a dog, bro. If you watch the guy, I mean, it's not the obviously the nicest highlights to ever watch. This guy had a fucking cannon. This guy was nice. Uh, I... I had a hard time with number 10. There was a couple of guys I thought about at number 10. But I just think that for his era, he was unbelievably good. Like, he is one of... He doesn't get appreciated enough because of the time he played. I mean, the dude's 84 years old right now. Uh, born in 1940. But he's still alive. Uh, but, man, that dude was an absolute fucking Wait, beast. Wait, no. Hold the fuck on. Hold the fuck on. You just said this guy had played in the 1940s, and you said he's 84. No, no. You said he was born in 1940. Born in oh, I was about to say, some shit is not added he up He played here. in the 60s and 70s. Played 16 years, which for that era at quarterback where you just got the shit kicked out of you is insane. He was – Also, like, he when, you got, when you got sacked, you got tackled by, like, four separate people because technically you could get up. Like, you had to hold people down to tackle them back then. I'm telling you, YouTube this fucker. He was insane. Like the shit, the shit Mahomes does, where he runs around in the pocket. He was doing the same shit, but back in the '60s and '70s. This dude is incredible. Like he had a cannon. Never got that Super Bowl because the Chiefs beat him in Super Bowl four. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he's on my list, and obviously you can tell by the start of this list, I'm a little more of a historian about this than Josh and John are gonna be. Um, but go ahead, yeah. Josh, with your number nine quarterback of all time. I'm scared to give my list, if I'm going to be honest. All right, calm down. Say it with your chest, Josh. Just a list. My number nine is Matthew Stafford. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fair. Go ahead. I get that one. You got a little explanation? If you put this guy on a fucking winning roster his first, what, 12 years of an NFL quarterback, this guy has multiple rings. Like, I don't have staff to put up. Oh, dude, come on. Come the fuck on. <laughs> Nazi, Stafford made, Nazi Stafford made the Lions look good sometimes. Some, yeah, sure. I mean, he left Jared a fucking playoff game. And then he goes to the Rams. His first year, where you give him a, a, a good lineup, he wins a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Fucking call the damn – throw the challenge flag before you call a timeout. Lesson to all you coaches, let me tell you. God. Okay. Um, My number nine – is Drew Brees. Um, I think the first Super Bowl that I, like, really specifically remember sitting down and watching was, I think it was 44, whichever one the the Saints beat the Colts. Colts, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew Brees, fantastic quarterback. Uh, One thing that I really always kind of noticed about Drew Brees is when they'd show his little, like, slow-motion highlights, he threw some of the wobbliest spirals you will ever see, but (laughs) it didn't really matter because shit was on the money, and he didn't make that many mistakes. Um, honestly, probably got robbed out of a second Super Bowl. My brother was telling me he lives in New Orleans, and he said he's talked to Saints fans that just like 
really don't give a fuck about football anymore just because of that game. It completely killed their interest in the sport. And I honestly think I would feel the same. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I feel for them. I think Drew Brees definitely would have smacked the Patriots. That Saints team was fantastic yeah. and definitely better than that Rams team. Um, well, yeah, I'll say this when you say, when you brought that up, Drew Brees wasn't out of the same after that year, and but like that was his last truly really good season. He was yeah, he was in talks with Mahomes for MVP for a while. Yeah, and that's why people then stop caring because it's like, well, now we don't really have a good QB. And, I mean, D Ford happened literally three hours later, and that was fucking abysmal. And if you're telling me Bones was on his last one or two years of his uh, playing time, at, like, after he quits, I'll be like, yep. well, there goes that. Like, it, that makes yeah. sense. It, it would, that would take yeah. a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a respect. I would, I would be, be pretty pissed. damn fucked I up. I would lose my fucking like, I, That's up there with – that's probably worse than Norfolk State, which is saying a lot. Shut the fuck up. God, the time that gets brought up. The difference is Norfolk State is Mizzou's fault, and this game was the refs' fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Comparing for all the misery index, I think think the Saints is slightly worse. worse. There's nothing worse than when it wasn't even your team that fucked up. It was something else. That is just the hardest shit to ever sit with because there's nothing you can do. All right, my yep, number nine, killer. another guy who played before we were alive, but this one you guys will be much more familiar with. Steve Young is my number nine quarterback of all time. Who the oh, fuck is that? Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the most efficient quarterbacks of all time. 232 touchdowns, 107 picks, 94 and 49 as a starter. Fucking dog. Only got one Super or No, he had three Super Bowls, excuse me. Um, Hall of Famer, obviously. To do what he did, to be the guy who comes in, for Joe Montana is like some of the most immense pressure of all time. And this fucker just stepped in there <laughs> the first year. He was the full-time starter and one MVP like unreal. Dude just steps in. It goes first in MVP voting, second in MVP voting, first in MVP voting again. Like that's his first three years as the starter in San Francisco. Honestly, career wasn't as long as it should have been. I mean, he was in Tampa Bay as a backup and then San Francisco was a backup he didn't become a full-time starter until he was 31. Like he had when he was 25, he was a full-time starter for Tampa. It didn't go well, and then he was kind of a bench rider, kind of a Geno Smith-ass career. But then at 92, when he be, when he's 31 years old, he becomes a full-time starter again. He goes on to have a Hall of Fame career the rest of the way. Uh, three Super Bowls later, obviously multiple MVPs later. Uh, yeah, dude was insanely good. Really, also one of the more mobile quarterbacks of his time. I know that there's the iconic clip. I'm sure one of you have seen it of him running for that touchdown against Minnesota. Um, yeah, just absolutely legendary career. One of the more underappreciated guys, I think, when it comes to quarterbacks. All right, Josh, number eight. Oh, fuck. Uh, my number eight is a guy that's won a Super Bowl, should have two Super Bowls, and he sucks now. Does anyone have any guesses? Russell Wilson. Joe Flacco? Russell Russell Wilson. Wilson. Shit. Joe Flacco. Fuck. He does not. Russell Wilson, when he was in in his first five years, six years with the Seahawks, was one of the best quarterbacks I've watched. That guy would go time in, time out, and just ball out every game. And once he lost that second Super Bowl, he still was really good, but he was never the same. And when he got to Denver, he was fucking dog shit. I mean, he's going to get cut. Uh, So, therefore, Russell Wilson at eight. I feel like he still needs to be recognized. And 
I would say this. You look at Matthew Stafford, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson, I don't think I don't think Matthew's I think Matthew Stafford might be a first ballot. I don't think Russell Wilson might be. A, I don't know if he's a first ballot. Yeah, it's a good question. And I mean, when you look at the Super Bowl teams, I mean, you should have two Super Bowls, but also is Russell Wilson really the highlight of those teams because the no. Legion of yeah, Boom? Yeah, Legion of Boom. His best years were after the Legion of Boom, honestly. Like, yeah, he was, that's the, yeah, that's the point I was going to make too. Yeah. From like 2016 to where he, to when he got traded to Denver, he was fantastic. I mean, there was the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, like Holmes' first year starting, where we had that Sunday night game in Seattle, and it just felt like every single third down, us. every single third down, Russell Wilson hit a deep bomb on us, and that defense was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but some incredible ass throws from Russell Wilson, and it wasn't like he always had a bunch of great receivers. Like I think people confuse it because of DK and Tyler Lockett at the end, but like this dude was working with guys like Jermaine Curse and like made Doug Baldwin look Doug like Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin wasn't terrible. Wasn't no, but I'm saying he elevated Doug Baldwin. Like I don't think we t- even remember yeah, who the hell Doug sure. Baldwin is without Russell Wilson. He was also working with the uh, the moving corpse of Percy Harvin, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Won a Super he Bowl was. Percy, yep. And then uh, had a little bit of, but not much of Golden Tate in there. Who Golden Tate was a fine receiver, but the good years of Golden Tate really happened in Detroit. So he really didn't even get that. Yeah. Got washed up, Jimmy well, Graham. Like it wasn't. He, Always had a bad offensive line in Seattle. Like, I defended the shit out of Russell Wilson up until he got to Denver. And for the last thing on him, uh, we wish him the best of luck in his conquest to complete his goal of two Super Bowls in the next five years. Good luck, buddy. Um, That was fucking insane. Why would you even say two? So moving on to my number. One last thing. Why would you even say two? You think Pat would say, I want to win two in the next five? Like, I want to win five in the next five. I want to win the next fucking five. Like, what kind of competitors, like... Yeah, I'll take two of the next five. I mean, hey, he's measuring his expectations, but also at the same time, he sounded insane. Um, So, yeah. Uh, My number eight is the first of three people on this list that either have or should have done a stint in federal prison, and it is Brett Favre. Um, So if I get us a defamation lawsuit, uh, that uh, literally sue me. But, yeah, Brett Favre, uh, who's now known for – for rerouting welfare money towards uh, building his daughter's volleyball team and arena, and he got caught in 4K doing it, but he's rich and he's white, so he's going to get away with it. Um, but hell, he could play quarterback. It's a little ironic that he's at number eight <laughs> with Drew Brees at number nine because his last chance to win a Super Bowl, he got defeated by Drew Brees. Um, but look, he's kind of got it all going for him. Longevity, uh, the big Super Bowl win in Green Bay, uh, and just a fun quarterback to watch. I didn't, I don't really, I can't tell you I remember a ton of Green Bay, Brett Favre, but I remember an okay bit of Minnesota and then subsequently New York Jets, Brett Favre. Um, and he was, he's a hell of a player. It, it, it shined through. Um, and I, as much as I don't really respect him at all as a person, um, I got to give him credit. Great player, number eight, and one of the older members of this list as well. My number eight is also Brett Favre. So we have that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, outside, I mean, look, this dude was just the definition of a gunslinger. And, like, literally, it's if Jameis Winston played, like, 20 years ago. It's like, back then, you could throw stupid shit like Brett Favre did and get away with it. But, no, he was incredible. 500-plus Five, touchdowns in your career automatically puts you on my list. That's just insane. Only player to ever win three MVPs in a row. Just fucking ridiculous that he did that. Um, does have the ring, lost the second Super Bowl, should have had to let horseface John Elway get it. 
but nonetheless, incredible longevity as well. Like, I take a lot of stake into that. This dude's career played until he was 41 years old. And up until he was 40, he was pretty damn good. Like, that year he was 40, you mentioned he loses to Drew Brees. He was pretty damn good that year. Like, he 33 touchdowns to 7 picks at 40. I mean, come on. that And that was before, like, quarterbacks did that at 40. So he was incredible. The turnover is obviously a problem. And, yeah, his post-career hasn't been the uh, the greatest thing of all time. But uh, he was a hell of a quarterback and one of the more fun guys to watch. It, it's unfortunate that we didn't get to catch his three MVPs in a row. We only got to see kind of the end of his career. But still, even the end of his career was pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, right. I think you got out at the end there, but go ahead, Josh. I think Jackson summed it up. My number seven is going to be Brett Favre. Oh. Gosh, at least we Favre. all agree on that. We all, we got all agree on We all got yeah. pretty similarly. Yeah. Well, it's I interesting, Jackson, because you've got an eight picking from a much larger pool of players than we do. Yeah. So part yeah. of me feels like I have them too low, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in your guys' pool, we'll see who you have above him, but uh, – yeah, like I don't. Yeah, think, I don't, don't think there's any insane choices, but we'll see. I don't think, for what I've heard so far, like I don't think Burrow or Stafford are even in the same conversation as Brett Favre. If that's the conversation we have to have, no, but no, in my opinion, um, personally, Josh, who's your Josh? Do you have some stuff you want to say about Brett Favre? No. Or? no, not really. I don't. I feel like you guys have said enough. I mean, Brett Favre just made ridiculous passes. He was a dog. Um, he was just an absolute dog. Yeah. I, I don't know if I should say this, but I will while we're finishing on Brett Favre because he's also the only person in my list who has a picture of his manhood very easy to find on the internet. Um, so if anybody's feeling uh, a little weird, that uh, just a thing. Um, that was my moving on to number seven. My list. You had to have a dick pic if you wanted to be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to know if Where, what the more fuck? of these other guys <laughs> had a similar stand. Yeah, the, oh, Fran Tarkington's back in the 60s in black and white, bro. That, that's my favorite. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. Go, let's classic. Go. Internet classic. Uh, a copy of it. Go ahead. Go All ahead. right. So number seven. This is number two of the three that either have or should have been to prison. Oh. And it's Big Ben ah. Roethlisberger coming in at number seven. Um, Like most likely, I want to say most likely sexually assaulted his wife. Um, so yeah, no, we'll, we'll list the charges. It wasn't his wife. I, was gonna oh, say, I didn't wife. think it was his wife. Was oh, his I, wife. okay. I don't know why I thought it was his wife. No. Okay. Um, but also he was name checked in Stormy Daniels autobiography. So take for that what you will. That's a whole different can of worms. Yeah. Um, yeah, big Ben, um, man, I really like, <laughs> I grew up in a household that desperately hated the Steelers. Um, and I don't really care about them now, but I was not a fan of big Ben when he played pretty much always cheered against him. Um, my my dad, I will never forget, I was on the toilet when this happened. I didn't think it would be the first play of overtime, literally taking a shit. Oh, and I yeah. hear maniacal laughter in the living room, and it was the Demarius Thomas play. Yeah, yeah. My dad hated Ben Roethlisberger just about as much as any athlete you've ever seen. Um, but damn. That, that One thing I find interesting about Big Ben is, like, he ended up being kind of a stand-in-the-pocket, smart quarterback type thing. And I think that's kind of the natural evolution. But if you watch highlights from his early days, he is like a mobile quarterback. And the yeah. biggest issue with it is when he gets out of the pocket, you just can't tackle him. Like yeah. he's just a fucking mountain of a man. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely something you have to look at. Um, 
yeah, I respect this game. He did a lot with, I would say, not as much weaponry as some quarterbacks are given, but he always had the backups, uh, the backup from the defense and his coaching staff. So pretty, pretty deserved spot for a two-time, three-time, two-time Super two Bowl time. champ. I can never two remember. Time. Two times. Two times. Damn near had three. He almost had three before he was 30. It would have been yeah, uh, yeah. Lost one, but he damn near. But he had, lost uh, to Rodgers. My seven is Breeze. You already hit on him quite a bit. Uh, I think that last Super Bowl that he got robbed out of could have significantly pushed him up this list or at least put him up a couple spots. But uh, obviously he only finishes with the one ring, only the one appearance. Uh, set a lot of records, obviously, but had a lot. Like, I think the thing with Breeze, that I, the, thing, the reason I put him lower on this list is, man, they just had some years there where they were just not good. He went 7-9, 11-5, 7-9, 7-8, 7-9. He had, and that's in the midst of like his 30s. Like It wasn't like that was the end of his career. So like he had some years in there where it was kind of statistically he wasn't terrible, but I mean, they weren't, he wasn't really doing it. Uh, and then just postseason-wise, 9-9 nine nine as a playoff quarterback doesn't you know overly push the needle. But I mean, statistically, there's no denying him. 571 touchdown passes, unbelievable. If it wasn't for Brady's longevity, he'd still be number one. Uh, 13 Pro Bowls. Never got an MVP, though. I mean, that, that goes to it, and that's kind of why I, spoiler, don't have Ben Roethlisberger on my list, is Ben never got an MVP. Uh, so, I, that, I, you know, that matters to me. Got Breeze at seven, one of the all-time greats, but feel like they're, the, the, the sad thing with Breeze is you feel like there's stuff that was left on the table. It feels like even though he had that legendary first ballot Hall of Fame career, there was still stuff left out there that he should have done more. There should have been more accomplishments. Yep. Yeah. And the early parts of his career were defined by the Chargers foolishly discarding him. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Interesting story there. My number six is Drew Brees. I'm really fucking worried about my top five. I definitely forgot somebody. <laughs> Josh is going to be like, uh, I don't have Tom Brady in here, so that's a problem. No. Uh, Fuck! <laughs> Uh, All right. six, John. Who's now, your six? You guys want to guess? This is number three of people that either have or Michael should have Vick. gone to federal prison. Yes, Michael Vick, the one to oh, okay. actually pay for his crimes. I thought you were the gonna one. Say, I honestly thought you were gonna say Roger should be in prison. That's where I thought you were going. Nope. <laughs> nope. Maybe, maybe um, some different form of it, but definitely not uh, the government. So yeah, this is the one that actually paid for his crimes, Michael yeah. Vick. Um, I can't say I saw a lot of Falcons Michael Vick, but I did see uh, Eagles Michael Vick when he was good, and I've seen plenty of highlights of Falcons Michael Vick. Um, he is the highest-ranking retired member of my list to not win a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, kind of a shame that he didn't, uh, but crazy. Also the only lefty, and yeah, I don't really think I need to explain Michael I, Vick to anyone. He's a hell of a player. I vividly remember his throw against the uh... – Used to be uh, Redskins on Monday Night Football. I remember coming home from like Dick Sporting Goods and just seeing the camera just keep moving and moving and moving. I'm like, oh, when is the ball going to come down? Yeah. Weird uh, that you remember you was you came home from Dick Sporting Goods. That, no, that, yeah. was, you, that you, was that was a play where you kind of remember where you were. I was at Jose Peppers when that play happened, and I watched that shit live, and I was like, oh my god, because it, it was just that ball had to go 60 yards in the air, just like. Bombed that yeah. bitch. And Deshaun Jackson is like 99 yards, like 98 yards. It was insane. 
Uh, but no, I think you're batshit crazy for putting him above Brett Favre. But I digress. Uh, I think Michael Vick's one. Of the uh, you know, and that might be me being a sucker for. Uh, not that Brett Favre isn't an electric player, but Mike Vick is uh, just just something else. I mean, nobody really does it like him. Sure. Um, my six is also the highest ranking guy on my list without a Super Bowl win. Dan Marino. Um, I think arguably the best quarterback of his time. Watching his highlights, he looks like a modern day quarterback. He just was ridiculously good. I love I could watch him throw the football literally for hours. His highlights are so entertaining to watch. He kicked ass. It's a shame he never got a Super Bowl. Uh, he kind of fell into that curse where you know when you lose your first Super Bowl as a starter, you either don't make it back or you never win one. Uh, but man, Dan Marino was so so fun to watch and really ahead of his time. Like he was super. His statistics are so far ahead of the '80s. It's insane. Yeah, I won't dispute that at all. I've- I can't either. Um, yeah. This is the pick I'm really fucking shitting my pants about. All right. Who's your number five? Josh Allen. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Oh, no, no I, I'm not even necessarily laughing because it's bad. Josh, it's really fucking yourself. bad. Uh, no, every single time I watch this, this guy play, I swear to God, it's like, all right, we got him out of bounds. And then he just throws a 35-yard bomb. I swear that happens at least one or two times. Like, he makes plays – he extends plays almost more than Mahomes, like longer than Mahomes does because he's just so big. And I get – his playoffs career sucks. This is a shitty pick. I'm just trying to make myself not sound as stupid. He deserves to be in the top ten. If it was up to me, I should I would probably move him at nine and move everyone else up one spot. But we're already way too fucking deep in it. Um, Josh Allen at five. Yeah. All right. I, I, Josh, I honestly love it. Um, number five, this is probably, well, this is where we get into the, I think five and four are kind of the shockers for me. Number five, I have Peyton Manning. Um, Peyton Manning, uh, once again, don't have to hear it from me. Insane. The thing that I have to do to knock Peyton Manning is he's got to have the two, the out of all of the quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowls, He's got to have the two worst combined performances in those wins. Um, the one with the Colts, yeah. he, his stat line is like shit, like just terrible. And we all know the Broncos won. He deserves about, I mean, they probably win that with Brock Osweiler. Um, so, yeah, not to tear him down because uh, I I fully remember some insane Peyton Manning seasons. I remember uh, some of the pre-neck, uh, one or two of the pre-neck injury Colts seasons and I definitely remember that MVP season with the Broncos where uh, they had probably the more calamitous Super Bowl loss you will ever see, uh, starting off with the uh, fumble out of the back of the end zone or the safety, whatever it is that happened. Um, but, yeah, that absolutely cerebral quarterback. I don't think you ever really see anyone that, like, clearly was just running the show like Peyton Manning does. I think basically every quarterback models a little bit off of what he did. Um, and yeah, he's, he's fantastic. And I think on a lot more lists, he would be higher up, but I am going to hold his poor Super Bowl performances against him a little bit here. I also have Peyton Manning at number five on my all time list. Um, I, to this day, honestly believe he's the best regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Like I, this guy statistically, every single regular season was like the best quarterback in the league. He just, that first year in Denver is probably the best 
regular season a quarterback has ever had in the history of football. That was insane. 55 touchdown passes. Just unbelievable that he was able to pull that off post-neck. He was unbelievable in those regular seasons with the Colts. And honestly, he had, like, the funniest part is the Super Bowls were some of the, where he wins are hilarious because it's some of the worst he ever played, but he had some playoff games where he played fantastic and lost. Yeah. It's just kind of the funny part about football. That's kind of the, iron, mm-hmm. the irony of sports. But I keep him at five just because of, I think he was underwhelming in the postseason. It was a huge, it's like a night and day difference for that guy when you went from the regular season to the playoffs. Um, and that second ring, like, I don't even count it as much for him as it is just for the Broncos. Like, the first ring I'll give Peyton, also shitty conditions. It was like a rainstorm in that game. Um, and honestly, just like, if you want to say, like, hey, okay, instead of the Broncos shitting themselves in prevent defense against Baltimore, uh, in that just say that he won a ring that year instead of 2015. Like, I, I kind of mentally subbed that out. I'll just be like, sure, whatever, fun. Uh, but uh, he's number five for me. Insane. One of the best to ever do it. Uh, one of the last true pocket passers this game will ever see. And, no, fantastic quarterback. Unbelievable prime to watch. When he went to Denver, I don't think anybody expected him to be able to produce the way he did. And he was just... I mean, I still think it's the greatest regular season quarterbacks ever had. I mean, that was this shit's. It, I remember watching That's... opening night that season. Like there was, what did he throw seven? What did he throw seven? Yeah, like, against the Ravens. On, you could have just handed him the MVP that night. Like it was over, and, and he just and was fantastic. While we're here, I might be Mandela affecting this, but is there not a story that Peyton Manning was like kind of interested in going to the Chiefs and Scott Pioli blew it? That yeah, might be was, an urban legend. Was, uh, but when he was in that free agent, the Chiefs were brought up. Um, the Titans were a big one that was kind of brought up. Uh, but, yeah, no, the Chiefs were, like, vaguely in there. They were vaguely rumored. But, yeah, no, he ultimately chose Denver. I'm not sure the Chiefs would have landed him even if they tried their hardest. All right. Yeah, we're, that's fair. We're into the I just five. love how you're two, the top five for you two is Peyton Manning, and I have Josh out. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're at oh, good four. God in hell. We're this, at number this, four. This round is going to be something. Uh, my, my number four is, uh, sorry, Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you don't, don't want to don't, don't elaborate on it, I, I will do plenty of elaboration. I mean, we all know. I feel like we're, Aaron Rodgers is going to be more talked about later on. But, I mean, the guy is fucking insane. He was the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen before of them. Before them. Extend plays, throw the ball so far, like really can just extend plays, and he's he does good in the po- in the postseason. I really want to see how he does with the Jets in a new environment. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, we didn't see it last year, obviously. Uh, knock on wood, he doesn't do shit again this year. John, I know you probably don't want to knock on wood. Um, neither here or there. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, top four quarterback that I've ever watched for sure. He needs to get the flowers, but the, the three other I have above him, I think. Deserve. I will say my three and four could easily be switched. Okay. I Here's my number four. And I really hate this because I, no one really laid into him but himself. But it's Josh Allen. And Josh has been talking about how oh, crazy he, is. he had him at five. And I've got him above Peyton Manning crazy enough. Um, all right. Let me explain myself. I am a... I am a huge Josh Allen fan for the record. Like I, I obviously want the bills to not win because I'm a chiefs fan, but boy, that guy can play. Um, he made some unbelievable plays in that game that he lost even. And I think you can even argue that 
he, to a certain degree, did enough to deserve to win the game, but he didn't. Um, and that's not the first time that's happened to Josh Allen against the Chiefs. Um, he's got three defining playoff losses, four really, four defining playoff losses. One of them was to Joe Burrow, which also happened to Mahomes, so I'm willing to throw that one out. Um, and the other three were to Patrick Mahomes, where it's kind of like, how can I blame him? Um, outside of all of that, I don't have a single bad thing to say about Josh Allen. I He came into the league, and I thought he was a complete moron. Um, like, I, I liked the the type, you know, I like insanity, so I still kind of like the gunslinging, running quarterback that he was. Um, but, man, I mean, I, I really think that if Mahomes just ceased to exist, there's a very real timeline that we are talking about Josh Allen, like, the exact way we talk about Patrick Mahomes as just unprecedented, something we haven't seen before and something we probably won't see for a long time. Um, but unfortunately for him, he lives in the shadow of Thanos or whoever you want to use as your Patrick Mahomes metaphor, Jordan, Omar. Um, yeah, it it's, yeah, man, ah, he can play. He can play. Uh, he has some skills that no one has really ever had. He has this weird, like, mash between, like, Cam Newton and Brett Favre going on. And yeah, I, to be honest, I, I think there would be a part of me that would be slightly sad as, as sacrilegious as this is. And as much as I'm going to regret saying this one day, there's a part of me that might be a little bit sad if Josh Allen never wins the Super Bowl, um, because he's, he's that good. He's that good. Not, not, you know, hopefully if, if it happens, the chiefs are going to like lose before and it's, he can just do it himself. But now that I don't have to worry about the narrative of Josh Allen being better than Patrick Mahomes appearing. Um, yeah, I'm a little less discouraged by that. I, I don't know. I don't know why I turned this into a Josh Allen suck fest, but uh, he say. made number four. He made number four, and I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think I'm going to shock you guys here. Number four for me is Aaron Rodgers. Um, wow. Oh, well, not All really. Right. You know what? Miles is fucking a... fantastic. Thought, uh... did, did you leave Elway off entirely, Jackson? We'll have to see in the top three now, won't we? Um, well, you still have Montana, Brady, and Mahomes there. So unless you're going to leave Brady out, <laughs> you left Elway out. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see it when I get into my top three if we left Elway out. Yeah, no, this is where I put Rodgers. Um, there was a time where I argued he was the greatest of all time, and I think he's still, to this day, the best thrower of the football I've ever seen. As good as Mahomes is, as talented and how batshit he is, they're, the weight... And Aaron Rodgers football, I've never seen another football look like it. It's just is so pretty coming out of his hand. He's so deadly accurate. Best touchdown to interception ratio ever. Uh, just a fucking freak at the position. Unbelievable. I have to knock him a little bit just because the postseason failures. But at the same time, I would put 85% of the Packers playoff losses on the defense. I would put the other 15% on Rodgers probably. Like, Rodgers had a couple bad ones. The one against San Francisco a couple years ago where they only put up 10 points. I'll give you that. But, like, I've never seen a quarterback just get, like, fucking as unlucky as him. The dropped onside kick to go to the Super Bowl, not seeing the ball in overtime, can like, multiple times. Like, it was just a uh, tough, tough reality. Trust me. He's, you know, I grew up, he's been my favorite guy to watch growing up as a Packers fan. A lot of great memories with him. But let's just be honest. When the biggest moments happened, the biggest drives, he doesn't come through as much as the guys I have above him. When we get into those guys, he just doesn't come as through. He doesn't come as he doesn't come through as much. 
And I still think he's top four, even with only one Super Bowl ring. I think Green Bay did, never gave him a great defense. I don't think they ever really gave him a fantastic head coach. I think McCarthy and LaFleur are capable, but not Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh, you know, those sort of guys, or Don Shula for that matter. Uh, yeah, I'll put him at four. There, there's probably a time where I would have put him at number one, but uh, I'll put him at number four. Fair enough. Joshua. All right. My number three is Peyton Manning. Like I said, I feel like three and four can be kind of interchangeable for me. You guys kind of like really brought it out saying like in the postseason, mainly the Super Bowl, it was really hard for him to succeed. And like Jack said, one of them was in a rainstorm. The other one was going up against a really good Panthers team. But at the same time, you guys brought up all the good points about him in the regular season. And to get to the postseason, you have to be really good in the post in the regular season. And that's exactly what Peyton Manning was. That guy just – he never fell off. He called it quits. He never fell off. Well, that was the most insane thing. And Peyton Manning was just a guy time in, time out, that would always win your team games. And you never wanted to play him. I'll tell you that. I feel like everything else has really been said about him. Yeah. And I think the never wanted to play him thing really says it too. Because as much as we can say he had a couple crappy Super Bowl performances, uh, no one was ever like, oh, it's Peyton Manning. He'll choke. Um, so, yeah. What a, what a player. Uh, number three. For me, my least favorite player on this list, Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, <laughs> fuck this guy. Complete asshole. I would literally, I there's a bunch of people I'd rather have a beer with before this guy. He is the bot. He is the top of my list of people I don't want to have a beer with. Um, and I really have no respect for him as a person at all. And I think he's a joke. And uh, that's 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 all here. And, and honestly, man, I've never seen someone think they're smarter than they actually are more than the case of Aaron Rodgers. But woof, once again, he could play. He can play. He still can, I'm pretty sure. You sound like um, sketch there. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can give you a – I can go all day about all the reasons that this guy sucks, but uh, I can do the same for all the reasons this guy was an amazing player. Uh, incredible arm talent, damn near had an undefeated season – but somehow got thwarted by Romeo Cornell in his first week as the Chiefs head coach. Um, yeah, yeah. They, it, uh, I don't even really know where to start. One thing that I find interesting about him is I think the way people talk about how Mahomes is like sneakily a really good runner, not like athletically speaking, but just intelligent-wise. Aaron Rodgers had a bit of that back in the day too. Not necessarily as much to move the chains, but he would get the ball in the end zone with his feet quite a bit. Um, and that definitely caught my eye in the early stages of his career. But, yeah, there's just nothing I can really pick at. I mean, Jackson said he's got a lot of Super Bowl losses. Some are his fault. Some aren't. Uh, I mean, recover an onside kick. Good Lord. Um, yeah, he, he is really good. He is really good. And I think the Jets would have had uh, been legitimate contenders if he was healthy this season. Um, so thank God he wasn't. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great player. And I... I firmly believe that he deserves the number three spot in this list. All right. Number three, Josh. Number three for me is going nice. to be. Josh, didn't you already do no, number three? I'm on my number two. I'm on my number two. Wait, Jackson, did you number do number three? No, I haven't done my number three. Yeah. Never mind. Okay, uh, I was going to say, I was like, holy shit. My number three and the last player on my list that we were not alive to watch is Joe Montana. Um I know he played in a different era, and I know that he might not have been the most uh, physically 
fun player to watch. He wasn't doing crazy batshit stuff like Josh Allen and some of these new guys. But this guy was just as consistent as consistent gets, as clutch as clutch gets. He got the nickname Joe Cool for a reason. He'd go down the field anytime you needed him to. Win a damn ring for you. Four-time Super Bowl champion. Um, yeah, I mean, he's responsible for two of Steve Young's rings. <laughs> you know, Steve Young, Steve Young only won one as a starter. Joe Montana won, you know, three while he was, uh, or two while he was the backup. But four Super Bowl rings. Before Brady, he had the most Super Bowl, was tied for the most Super Bowl rings of all time from a starting quarterback. I get he had Jerry Rice. I get it, right? I understand, and he had, you know, such a nice team around him, but... I mean, I'm not going to knock him for just using what he had with him. Like, he was about as good as it gets for that era. Ultimate winner. I know I hate – I know it, it sounds such a lazy thing to say that he was a, a winner, you know. But he, there are guys. These top three on my list specifically are guys where you just going into the game felt like you were going to win solely because you had them on your team. Uh, and even when he went to Kansas City, he took the Chiefs, who had been miserable – uh, to back-to-back AFC Championship games. And he got concussed in one of them, but, uh, I mean, legendary career for Montana. Up until the the two tw- up until, honestly, the 2010s, I would have considered him the greatest quarterback of all time. All right, my number two, I'm fucking scared to say this, it's Patrick Mahomes. Okay. You got to be honest. Guys, the guy is on track to be the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. As of right now, is he? He's not, and we have to acknowledge that. Three Super Bowls in, what, seven years as a starter is fucking insane. Or six years. No, seven. Six years years as a starter. Six years as a starter. I mean, this guy is in the Super Bowl over 50% of the time of his career, and he's won it 50% of the time of his career. With that being said, we all know who my number one is going to be, and he's going to – if he continues the way his career is going, he's going to beat him. He's going to get there. But – Let's say Mahomes ends up at six or seven rings. The one Super Bowl loss he has to is to I'm just gonna say it, my number one, Tom Brady. And oh. that's gonna be it. That's gonna be a really high thing oh, to hold on. Oh around. my god. Oh my god. Okay. You were doing fine and then you pulled that part. Uh that that is the laziest narrative in all of sports. Is the How? Tom Brady beat Tom Brady beat Did you watch the game? Did you watch the game? That that's Josh, that's I get my that. first like I get that. watch the game. I I, I agree one thousand percent. But at the same time, all I'm saying is, what Mahomes has done so far in his career, he is on track to be my number one in ten years. Do not get me wrong. If we're doing this podcast in ten years, which if we are, we better be making fucking money. But that's <laughs> neither here or there. I would have Patrick Mahomes at one, but for right now, it is a uh, it is two for me and Tom Brady one. And okay, I don't really think I need to speak for Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay, Josh, I honestly, like, everything you said until you made the stupid-ass Super Bowl 55 point, I completely agreed with. Um, One of the biggest reasons that I formulated my list and made the caveat that it's a quarterback that if if I'm choosing my quarterback for my team, I'm a a GM. All right, Uh, this is why I set this list up, so that I could specifically make an argument for Tom Brady being number two. Um, Yes, if we're talking greatness or whatever... I'm not going to try to field some argument that the guy that won seven Super Bowls should be dethroned by a guy that's only played seven seasons in the NFL or six seasons in the NFL, whatever Patrick Holmes has done. Um, What I will say is this, and it's that, uh, okay, well, first of all, 
Josh, are we really going to do this Super Bowl 55 thing? I'm just going to throw this out here, man. Mahomes played insane. You watch it again. No, it's clear we're not. The better. I'm not. I'm telling you what the public is going to look at it. Okay, Trump, okay. You're yeah, that's fine. We that's all know. Fine. We all that's know exactly what happened. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, the public can talk about whatever the hell they want, and they, they can just all collectively prove to me that they didn't actually watch that Super Bowl. Um, that That is the biggest takeaway for me there. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady deserves to be number two. I wouldn't even ever consider putting anyone else on this list besides my obvious number one above him. Um, just consistent success. Um, <laughs> succeeded in like three separate eras of the NFL. I think you could say, uh, you know, all everything, everything. I don't, I don't have to speak for him at all. Um, yeah, just an unbelievable player. And solely for the criteria of my list, I would choose Mahomes over him if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl and it's week one and I'm building my team. Um, it's man. I mean, I have, I would say I have things to say about this, but it just kind of a kind of comes down to a matter of personal preference. I think you can get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people about this. Um, but look, the guy was a winner. He just won. Um, I've seen him win a lot of games where he played like shit. I've seen him win a lot of games where he played pretty damn good. Um, but at the end of the day, I very rarely saw the opportunity for him to make a play to win you a game down the stretch and him blow it. That that just really doesn't happen. Um, the, it just doesn't. And I, I can say the same thing for Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, it, it, it's just, a, just an unbelievable player. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's the whole Brady-Belichick thing and all of that. And I've said a lot of questionable things about Tom Brady over the years that now that I hear people say the same exact shit about Patrick Mahomes, I really feel like an idiot. So I kind of kind of stopped trying to make any takes about this. Um, but yeah, as it stands, he's the greatest of all time. And he's he's incredible. And yeah, that's why he made number two on my list. My number two. Jackson, let's go over to you. My number two is Roger Staubach. Um, this was a guy who. No, fucking, You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> no, my number two is Mahomes. Um, I, I'm on I'm on board with Josh here. Uh, I project him to be number one as we go forward. Uh, I think you know there's an argument to be had that he already is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, but again, he's played six seasons in the NFL as a starter, and Brady has seven Super Bowls. So it's kind of hard to put a guy that won seven Super Bowls below a guy who's only played six seasons. Now, what Mahomes <laughs> has done in those six seasons is pretty fucking insane. Obviously winning three Super Bowls and honestly, you know, has a very strong argument that he probably could have five Super Bowls right now. Maybe even six if you want to, you know, be generous. Um, but no, man, like I love Mahomes. He's my number two. It's insane that he's number two already. He's 28 years old. He's by far and away. I know you guys kind of did the 2000s, but he's by far in a way the youngest player on my list. It's not even close He's one of two, only two players on my list are even active. And Rodgers is the other one who's fucking 40 years old at this point. So you consider, I'm putting this guy on my list. He's out of every quarterback to ever play the game. I think he's number two already at 28 years old. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, we all agree. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I know. I'm just saying. It's it's insane. I, I don't think I've ever, I would have ever done that in any era of football. Put a guy that wasn't even 30 yet, number two all time. Uh, but he's already really lapped everybody else. There's just one guy he's chasing, and it's Tom Brady. Uh, and that'll probably be the story for the rest of his career as he's going to try and catch up to seven rings. 
it'll be tough, especially because of Super Bowl 55, if Mahomes finishes with seven. Uh, I mean, I personally, and I think all three of us would argue if Mahomes gets to seven, that we'd say, yeah, Mahomes is better than Brady all time. But you're definitely going to have the people that would argue, well, if they both finish with seven, head-to-head in the Super Bowl, Brady won. Uh, so you'll definitely have that argument that's being used. I don't. I think it's a lazy and stupid fuck, one, but stupid. Fucking I, I dumb agree, argument. it's stupid, John. But you know it will be had. You know it will be said. You, oh, I no, I know. I just, I, and you know what? I have to deal with people in real life telling you that, and I'm like, okay, you you can either come up to me. There's two ways you can come up to me and say I'm a doofus, and you can either say I'm a doofus, or you can say. Tom Brady's better than Patrick Mahomes because he beat him in a Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was pressured five times as much, and Tom Brady just happened to have an unbelievable defense and receiving core to go along with it. But I, I digress. I digress. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like it's – like So, John, you have Mahomes at one? Yeah, I have Mahomes at one. And I had Brady at one. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question you had a little earlier, I don't have John Elway on my list. I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks of all time. Oh. Um, what? Man, okay. So th- I, I understand this is kind of a thing with Elway. Um, and, I mean, maybe you – I guarantee – I know you have your reasons for it. My understanding of Elway, though, is just that, like, he's kind of got the same thing as Mahomes and Montana and Brady going on where the dude just kind of found a way. And I – feel like that earns you a spot above Drew Brees. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think I've looked, I wasn't alive to see those Super Bowls. My understanding is John Elway is not a quarterback that was carried to wins by his roster. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'd love to, I, I might have to do a little film review. That might have to be a thing. One, okay, so there's a couple things that I factor into it whenever we have this conversation about John Elway. One is, I mean, there was one year they won the Super Bowl that he didn't, that a player on his own team, not named him, won the regular season MVP in Terrell Davis. So to me, that is like, not, I, I'm not going to say it kills him, but it definitely like is different. It's not the same. Doesn't help. It's not like when you, if you're not winning MVP of your own team, I mean, there's something to be said about that. He, Yeah, he definitely had uh, postseason success. He was definitely a winner. He has, uh, he has two Super Bowl rings. He went out on top, won back-to-back, and then retired late in his career. I mean, because when he got to 37, he still didn't have a ring. And then he wins two at 37 and 38. So, obviously, he goes out uh, with an ice cream. Uh. But he also got his ass kicked at the Super Bowls. Like, it, he got fucking embarrassed in the Super Bowl. He lost the Super Bowl 55-10. to 10. Like, he had some real stinkers and I just yeah I he just didn't quite make my list he went two and three in Super Bowls um didn't quite make my list and and I know I was kidding about Roger Staubach but he also was kind of on the outside of my list there was no way in hell I was putting Troy Aikman on my list not even in a million years there are so many other guys I would have put in over I would have put in over Troy Aikman Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else when I was making this list that was in my mind, um, not really, not really. I mean, I tried not to go back into like the ancient times too much. <coughs> I think Tarkenton was really the only guy that I really dug deep and went back for. But I just think that Tarkenton, I honestly would take Tarkenton over Elway. And I know that's going to get called a Chiefs homer, blah, 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 right? But at the end of the day, I mean, it's the way I feel about it. And I don't, I don't think it's insane to keep John Elway out of your top 10 all time. I don't. 
Um, Man, I think it is. He went to five Super Bowls and he won two. I mean, come on, man. We got to respect that. Okay. We got to we got to have some respect. Cuz if we're going to do that game, then we might as well we might as well take Tom Brady off the list. Bro, but I want I want you to li- listen to this though. His completion percentages in Super Bowls. His first one 59%, his second one 36%, his third one 38%, his fourth one 54% and then his last one a respectable 62%. You're talking about a guy who, yes, he went to five Super Bowls, stunk, stunk those games up, absolutely stunk those games up. It wasn't okay, like, but we just talked about so did Peyton Manning, and he won, he won games, he stunk up. Not to that I extent. Mean, Peyton Manning did not. Man, that. are you sure? Yes. The one Peyton Manning won with the Colts. The stat line is like hilarious. It's like, not hilarious. No, it is hilarious. Like I saw one thing, and it was just like. It was one of those, like, who would you take? And it was, like, two Super Bowl losing stat lines, and then one of them was Peyton Manning, and it was ridiculous. We're talking about the one against the Colts, right? Or not the Colts, the, the Saints, right? Or no, the Bears, the Bears. Yes. Okay, he was 25 of 38, 247 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. What is so laughable about that? Okay, maybe it's the losing ones. Uh, when he lost, to, <laughs> when, when he lost to the Saints, he was thirty-one of forty-five, a touchdown and a pick, three hundred thirty-three yards. When he lost to Seattle, he was thirty-four of forty-nine, a touchdown, two picks, two hundred eighty yards. And then the last one that he won against uh, Carolina—that's the one that's his worst. Thirteen of twenty-three, fifty-six and a half percent completion percentage, one hundred and forty-one yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, I just—I don't know, man. I still think it's a hard burden to leave Elway off. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's hey, tricky. Hey, I mean, but it, it's anybody. all right. It's yeah, all right because, like I said, else. I haven't actually seen. I didn't actually see him play either. So maybe you're wrong. Maybe he's a fucking bum. I'll have to look into this. I'm, I'm not gonna go as far as to say he's a bum, but he just didn't quite make my list. But that's that's the fun of the lists is everyone can have. Well, oh, but fucking Steve Tarkenton did. Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> Hey, you watch some Fran Tarkenton. I, I want I want your homework this week because you're gonna watch some Fran Tarkenton. Watch some Fran Tarkenton. You know, yeah. I I did like watch the entirety or like the whatever whatever film of it NFL Network runs of Super Bowl four. Um, and God, first of all, wow, this game has changed a lot. Yeah. And second of all, I definitely wasn't paying enough attention when the Vikings were on offense. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> Good list. Let's go ahead and get into D4 of the week before we hop off for this week. Um, we got two weeks to come up with one. We didn't have an episode last week, so anything in the last two weeks is, is fair game. Which one of us is going to do it? I feel like you're the one that has to. Okay, I'll, I will then. You guys can do what you want. Well, you go first to give me some more time. Okay. Uh, man, all right. If, if it weren't for the fact that when you do this, you basically sell the next three years of your uh, team, I would have fired Dennis Gates like yesterday. Uh, man, the, the guy clearly has no idea how to coach a basketball team. It, like, he, he can recruit, sure, but uh, man, when he doesn't have two NBA players playing for him, it's <laughs> it's the worst I've ever seen, man. We we somehow manage to give up an open shot just about every time. And 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 then if they miss it, we somehow manage to give up an offensive rebound 
just about every time. Um, yeah, and the only thing that keeps us in the game is when, like, like this past weekend, Nick Honor hit, like, three step-back NBA threes, which is just not a sustainable strategy. Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest, guys. Mazoops is fucked. Even, even if we get talent in the, 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 unless we get some unbelievable assistant coaches, this guy, this guy is Doc Rivers level of buffoon. He is stupid. His brain does not function properly. I, I, I don't know. And then he, he also gives the weirdest press conferences ever. Like after the Tennessee game, he said, we're bad at drawing fouls. Like, man, that is no, the thing you've said, taken away from this. He actually said we're fucking shit show of the season. Said we're yeah, I know. Terrible. He said we're fucking terrible. Yeah, he did. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's, and, and maybe this is my fault for not just giving up. I don't know if you guys have just like stopped watching, but I have caught at least a half of every single game this year. That's and your it fault. has not improved at all. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, you look back to last year, dude. They were terrible at defending last year. Like they, we were horrible yeah. at defending last year. We let Princeton shoot a three every fucking possession, and we never adjusted. Yep. 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 No. The, oh now. man, I should have stuck by my guns. I should have stuck with my guns from the Princeton game. Damn it! I was there, man. <laughs> you were. You were. John, um, I'm Josh. gonna. I'm gonna go. The Kings losing to the Miami Heat's G League team. <laughs> All right, asshole. That's it. I have no words. No words. Uh, well, well, Doctor Francois or whatever the fuck that fucks AD's name. Fuck her. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. How could we? Uh, I didn't want to get too deep into that, but uh, yeah, that that one was a kick in the nuts. But uh, I guess whatever the. Name I don't know why you go to a school that has negative two hundred dollars, two hundred million dollars. Uh, you get less money. Like what the fuck? Clearly, I mean, man, I don't know. Something they said weird she hates the here. board of like electors or directors or whatever the fuck. The curators is what they said. That I mean, shit, I, whatever. Who even knows what they are? That's the thing. I can, you want me to start? Everyone all of a sudden's an expert on the damn board of curators on Twitter. Like, y'all did not know that was a thing until the day that this whole came out. All I'm saying is the next AD better be as good as her. Like, she literally like made Mizzou good again. Was she everything. that good? She hired a guy who has a winless in the sec like i'm like, talking about in general in sports dude like i was a I supporter mean, of her i still think she did a solid job um but i mean yeah so then you want to i'm saying we better hire someone better than her like here, here's what here's what i'm gonna say a monkey could be our ad our a monkey could run it like a literal lives in the trees monkey it it would not be it would be fine uh, like we have so much money that you can fail upwards exactly. NIO so easily. Sure. Like our, our football see, coach is doing it in full force. Do you see That's, KU and K State are, have, are hosting an NIO conference meeting in Missouri to all high school athletes just so they can try to get Missouri athletes? Because it's almost nearly impossible to not get someone from the state of Missouri to just go to Missouri because like NIL is just insane. Man, it, it's yeah. just like I mean, I, I just can't even get over the, the basketball team though. Like. We are genuinely not going to win a tournament game. Or not a tournament. Fuck a tournament. Fuck a tournament game. We're not a going conference to win game. A conference the only game, game we the only game we can win is Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. That's the only one. 
we're just literally not going to win a turn. Like that. How long has it been since someone did that? Like that. That Mizzou hasn't done it since like 1908 or something crazy like that. It's like pre Great Depression. When was the last time a team in the SEC did it in general? Like to go in Vanderbilt probably like two years ago. In basketball, I feel like probably. I feel like you just fall into a win. Like eventually you'd have to, right? And Mizzou's had it to where it's like they lost by like what five to Tennessee. They lost by three to Ole Miss. They lost by like two to South Carolina. They lost by like seven to Georgia. It's like they don't always get their ass kicked. They're they're in most of these. I would, a good chunk of these games. They're competitive. They're decently in it. Outside of the Arkansas games, they're competing. And, and how do you never win any of them? It is. Oh no! What's your deep for the week? Don't get me going. All ass forwards into at least one of them. <laughs> well, they got three more games. Against four. Florida. The, the, the LSU win might be the only chance. That that might be, and I don't have any expectations for that, but that might just be the only chance. Um, Okay, mine goes back a little bit, but mine is the NBA All-Star game and just All-Star weekend in general. Uh, we didn't have an episode last week, so I couldn't really fuck, uh, shit on it, but it deserves to be shit on because it's a terrible product, and they'd be better off just doing what the NFL did and saying, fuck it. If the players don't want to try, we're scrapping it. And also, yep. I think the dunk contest should just go away. I don't think it's entertaining anymore. I don't blame the players necessarily. I just think at this point, what dunk could you physically do that hasn't happened yet? Like, we've been doing this contest for decades. It, like, the the shit Vince Carter was doing in the early 2000s, late 90s, if someone did that today, everyone would be like, that was lame as hell. And it was insane back then to do it. So I think NBA All-Star Weekend needs a major change. Or or if they want to keep the All-Star game, you got to put something on the line. You might have to go MLB where it's like the winner of the All-Star game, that conference gets home court in the finals. You know, you might Oh god. Someone said maybe giving a million dollars to every player. <laughs> like, bro, you have to do something because unless you if you keep it the way it is, it's just going to be the same bullshit it is right now. And it's I terrible to watch. You know, I realized it was when you speak of the dunk contest thing. I remember watching back in the day, even like 2016, even back then. And at least watching there's like there's celebrities at the dunk contest. Kevin Hart's doing random shit. There's some rappers there. There's some other sports athletes there. You know, it was like, okay, this is a cool event. The only celebrity that they kept cutting to at the dunk contest, you guys know who it is? <laughs> no, I didn't watch. It, 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 it was Guy Fieri. Oh, they God. consistently, just about every single thing that happened, they cut to Guy Fieri just like casually applauding. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is cash. This is an Indiana... Um, yeah, I've got two ideas for you. You either, one, completely get rid of the All-Star game and just say, fuck it. Um, or two, which also involves getting rid of the All-Star game. Um, so I guess both of these do. But replace All-Star weekend with in-season tournament championship weekend. And the one issue with this is maybe people stop trying in the in-season tournament so that they get a break. Um, but I honestly don't even think it's necessary you can have all-star voting and you can put a little graphic up before the game that these are the all-stars. Um, but yeah, uh, the, a, the game is dead. I don't There's know if this no is what appeal. you were saying, but I saw a pitch that make the in-season tournament championship the and put that game in place of the all-star game. So make that the Sunday event. Exactly. That's and, exactly what I'm saying. And yep. I, I think the three-point contest is still fun. I liked, I liked what they did with Sabrina and Steph. I think going forward, you could do it with Caitlin Clark mm -hmm. and, or, you know, just take the best female shooter, take the best male shooter 
and, and it, that was fun. The three-point contest is always entertaining to watch because no matter how long the game is played, keep, A, players are getting better at shooting, not worse. And B, I mean, who it's, in, it's fun to watch them go up against each other, the best shooters in the world. The dunk contest is cooked. I know they won't get rid of it, but it should just, it, it's terrible. I mean, you've got Jalen Brown. Oh, look, I can dunk with my left hand. Wow. Wow. Really? What what a dunk. Wow, I'm glad you waited all year. The, the guy that won the dunk contest has not, like, seen an NBA court. That's like, the other that, problem. That's, that's that a huge should tell problem. you all we need to know. A huge problem is the guys in this damn thing are casual. And Jalen Brown's not a casual. I'm not saying he is. But you're talking about casual bench warmers in this event where it used to be Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, like actual NBA superstars. And, well, like, why as a superstar would you uh, – why would you do this event? It's nope. embarrassing. It's like you lose it, and it's like, wow, you lost the dunk contest. You're like, ha-ha. You win it, and it's like, oh, wow, who gives a shit? Like, what? You're lame for trying that hard. Like, whatever. Like, it, no, there's no outside, – outside of the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon dunk contest, the last, like, <clears throat> ten dunk contests have been so fucking lame. It's time to get rid of. They gotta do something. The only All Star Weekend worth watching right now, completely, is baseball. The home run derby kicks ass. The yeah, and baseball still made the critical mistake. Baseball made the critical mistake of getting rid of the incentive. Oh, and it's kind of it's kind of ass now. It's still fun to watch. They still try though. Like they're not. uh, Yeah, the pitchers aren't throwing like fifty mile an hour pitches. Like you know. The hitters aren't it, – it's like they're still playing baseball. They're still throwing – Dude, but it used to be like these guys are playing a game. Like oh, now yeah. they're out there like goofing around and all this, and it's like, all right. I which mean – Which cares? is why I suggested that they make the NBA winner gets home court in the finals. I Like if you want to do it, like the, you can't obviously do that in the NFL because A, it's after the season, and B, you have to have a Super Bowl location set for many different reasons well in advance. But in the MLB and the N- NBA, why not? Why can't you do it like that? It it gives people a reason to try. And let's be honest, who's in the All-Star game? Probably the elite players on the best teams in the NBA that have championship aspirations. I don't know. It's something to think about. I'm not saying it's the perfect answer, but I, I don't think it's, you know, I we have to find something to make the game more competitive. Because right now, it is not a game. It's just shoot around. Yeah, it's just a jerk off. <laughs> All right. Well, that should do it. I'll do it for this week's episode. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about franchise tax slash free agency and talk about the Royals and the MLB as they get closer to starting their season. Peace.